Northwest Prime, bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. I'm your host, Lori Ness, a soldier on the front line of the mainstream. You can listen to this and other shows at northwestprime.com and be sure to stay with Seattle Wave Radio 24-7-365 for more great music and interviews. We're starting a movement of kindness and we want you to join us. Let's get this show started. We have a foodie alert today. And Nikki's first book, The Flavor Thesaurus, won the Andre Simon Award for Best Food Book and the Guild of Food Writers Award for her Best Food Book. It has been translated into 14 languages. Her columns and features and reviews have appeared in The Guardian, The Observer, The Times, and many others. And her new cookbook, Lateral Cooking, has been translated into eight languages and is shortlisted for all the food book awards already. So we welcome Nikki to our show, and I'm excited to talk about lateral cooking. Hi, Lori. Thank you. So to me, coming off the success of the Flavor Thesaurus, lateral cooking seems like a natural progression because your brain had to be bursting with knowledge and information that you could spin off to even more useful information and further expand the creativity in, in the kitchen. Did you just have so much knowledge you you couldn't wait to get started on your next book? Well, I'm I'm very glad it seems that way. That's a really nice thing to say. Um, I think actually what I had was more of a thirst for knowledge. I still wanted to know more. So I think I finished writing The Flavor of the Thoris and I was a much more, I'd become a much more intuitive cook. I had started off writing that book as a very, very keen cook, but something I would call a recipe robot. I just always followed the steps and the rules. And I think going into the going into doing lots of flavor testing for the flavor thesaurus, I had this yearning for a book that was a manual of skeleton recipes that you could then apply flavors to and and just you know the basics that you could change up loads and loads of different directions with a bit of um, guidance about how to do that and so because I hadn't been able to find that book, I started to keep notes for myself just so that I could do that kind of thing more easily, more quickly. Um, And then after I noticed that I was using those notes an awful lot, I thought, well, maybe other people would find this quite interesting because not only was it teaching me to be good at adapting recipes, I was starting to learn to cook by heart. And in a way, that was the cook I always wanted to be. Well, and I think that's very common for most people to feel like they need to follow the steps and the rules. Uh, But you give the cook and your reader a lot of permission to be creative and to be flexible and to maybe, you know, cook outside the lines. Yeah, because that's, I mean, in a way, that's what makes the book so interesting it's the it's a unique handbook i don't think anyone's ever tried to do this before which is to to not say oh i'm going to teach you how to make mac and cheese or to roast a chicken it, i mean there's that happens within the book but my driving force the whole point of this book is uh i'm going to be if you like that um you know like the italian nonna 
in the kitchen who's going to help you become somebody who puts in a handful of this and starts noticing how things feel and what things look like and what they should smell and when they're done and all the things that go into making you somebody who just uh, as I say tugs down a bowl and just get started because you know how to do it rather than you're just doing number one then number two then number three in a kind of slightly with your brain disengaged were you always a curious child and and teenager <laughs> and, and adult yeah well I think I think my mom would say I was a curious child <laughs> uh, yeah I think so you know yes I think so because I didn't really like the tv very much so I always trace it back to that really which is when other people were watching the tv I was uh you know making things and doing things and telling stories with my mum's ornaments or gigors and things like that you know so I was just yeah I think that um or at least that kind of way of thinking differently happened for you know because it didn't really have we didn't have loads of toys we didn't have uh that many books so you just had to kind of like make things up and but I never took that I got into cooking when I was in my mid-20s but I never took that creativity with me because I learned from cookbooks so I was only ever used to following a recipe, following a recipe, following a recipe. And I didn't really have the confidence to, you know, to let go and, and to imagine that perhaps not much would go wrong if I didn't follow the rules, if I didn't have enough of that ingredient or if I substituted something. And so uh, I needed, in a way, I needed to learn how to, I needed to learn to be intuitive. And that sounds crazy, but it's, you know, it works. And what happens when you really, really think about it, when you have time to think about it, which of course most people don't, but if you're writing a book specifically about that subject, then I can find ways of distilling that information and telling people about the patterns behind recipes uh, that helps them kind of get things set in their head so they can just, so they can become like that, so they can plug the bowl down and start cooking, you know, free form. Yeah, because it it takes some courage really to, stray outside the recipe because nobody wants to fail yeah well the book has a very strong <laughs> streak through it where it's giving you a lot of permission to fail I mean I think mm -hmm. you know most of us are quite forgiving with ourselves about other things that we fail at um, you know we might not expect ourselves to be so good I don't know why cooking has this very hard line feeling about it I, I don't know why because you know it's usually something that we associate with our you know our mums or our dads or our grandparents and I don't think they've ever you know most of us don't grow up with our parents being really difficult or kind of like if you fail at this you're going to be in trouble it's 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 kind of comes from within and so in the book I'm very keen to say to people look it doesn't matter if it doesn't go completely right or if it's not perfect. Every time you cook something for the first time, it's always a practice run the first time. You know, don't do it for a dinner party if it's the first <laughs> time and you're worried about, about failing. Just do it. It's, it. Even if you're a really experienced cook like me. So I've just made some uh, some jellies with some uh, cooking apples this week and some fruit cheese, you know, like that quince fruit cheese. I just made those for the first time. And I, you know, and they are. And I remind myself, yes, this is a practice run because I haven't ever felt that mixture before. I don't know how long it's going to take. I don't know what it's going to smell like. So you just, you know, just be kind to yourself and say, this is the first time. And then the second time, it's going to be better. It just is, naturally. And then every now and again, something goes wrong because 
the ingredients aren't right or you forget to do something or you know it's just like it's life we should be kinder to ourselves and accept that it's a you know it's an organic process and then other times when you're not expecting it to go right it can be sensational <laughs> so you know it's looking mm-hmm. it's kind of sometimes it's a mixed bag well it's it's a very comprehensive book you have so much information but yet it doesn't read like a instruction textbook uh type of uh, uh normal book your personality really comes through it's conversational you it's it, there's some humor in there you give us the leeway ideas and so it's a perfect handbook companion really for the flavor thesaurus that you started your career as a, as a cookbook author with because there's just so much uh, permission to to follow what what you've come up with this idea lateral cooking the the concept of it you could take one one thing and and it can translate into many many other things so you start with flavors or um, breads or sauces and then you show us how that can evolve into something else and and the process that you do this in the book comes through so naturally that it doesn't feel like um, it, it, it kind of feels like you're there with us kind of showing us you know this invisible partner who's walking with us through this this transition of all these things and that um, that so many things are linked together very closely that we would never even think about. And that was really the, the surprise that, that I came across into lateral cooking, how, how one thing led to another, led to another. And before you knew it, you were off in maybe some global cuisines that you didn't even know that you were so close to being able to, to cook at home. It's like one of those, I don't know if you have them when you're a kid, a pick your own adventure book. You know, you can mm-hmm. just choose which, which path you want to go down or whether you want to go down a kind of a sort of unusual alleyway or it's a very, um, it's a very comprehensive book. But uh, I think partly because I, I'm not a chef and I haven't come from kind of a manual writing background, I do tend to write in a very chatty way. So it will be, reading it is like, being with a friend in the kitchen who likes to cook, having a laugh, having a glass of wine or something like that. It's very peer-to-peer. Uh, I, I'm not preaching on high, as I say. I'm a, I'm a, kind of, I'm a very keen amateur cook. I make mistakes, but uh, you know, the book is based on a lot of sound research. But I, I, I think it takes, almost sometimes takes an outsider to look at all this mm-hmm. stuff, look at all the data, look at all the recipes. I mean, thousands and thousands of recipes and say, oh, well, you know, I've never really thought before that actually if I, if I made a hybrid of a brioche and a, and a butter sponge, I'm actually making a panettone. And if I can do both of those two things, which I can, then why not? I can mix them together and then stick them in a very deep cake tin and frost my fingers and hope it rises and rises and rises. There's lots and lots of different ways of kind of connecting things up so I see it as like a massive family tree of cooking and you might say okay well I've made you know I I make biscuits very regularly but did you know that the biscuit dough that you make is actually the same as Irish soda bread and the way the Americans 
American Irish make soda bread is they put caraway seeds and raisins in it. They don't in Ireland, but they do in American Irish. But sometimes people also make it with treacle or um, I'm trying to think what the American version of treacle is. It's uh, molasses. And you get this very dark, sort of almost Guinness-tasting bread. Uh, you can make the same mixture with sweet potato and pecans, which is a recipe that Thomas Jefferson really loved. And so they're all in like one section. There's just uh, you know one starting point recipe, but loads and loads of different ways that you can take that particular, if you like, that basic, I call it starting point recipe, loads and loads of different directions that you can take it in. And I just give plenty of examples. So if you are looking to kind of do some things up in your larder or you're just feeling very creative, you think, oh, I wonder what those two things would be like together. You've got the wherewithal, you've got the knowledge within the book to go off and do that. Well, cooking is really kind of on a, on a spectrum. And so at, at the top, maybe you have your professional chefs and then your teachers and then your, you know, home cooks and then your new beginners. And, and so, it, you know, it, everyone falls somewhere in that spectrum. And the good thing mm -hmm. with this lateral cooking is that it really is a handbook also for that top of that spectrum for professional chefs because everybody gets stuck for ideas. Everybody sometimes needs that little push when you're busy to to spark that creativity, which mm. is in lateral cooking. And um, then um, for the rest of us who maybe start getting confident with one or two recipes over and over, and we don't want to stray from that, then it also gives us that, that creativity to maybe just tweak this way and kind of just follow that, 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 uh, that thread of it, so to speak, you know, uh, to, pushing it a little further and a little further and a little further. And, and before you know it, you're off cooking things that maybe you wouldn't, you would have for sure in the beginning didn't think that you could accomplish. Exactly. So you look at them and you think, oh, I can do that. So yeah, why can't I do this other thing, which is just a little nudge and a tweak next door to it. Exactly. I mean, I always think that, I mean, I get a lot of cookery teachers telling me that they like lateral cooking, which kind of surprised me because we sometimes think that, you know, people who are doing that professionally might feel like there's nothing to teach them. But uh, I've been surprised at how many people have said, I've never thought of it in this way. I've never seen it kind of written down like this. And even right. though we teach in a, a bit like this at, at certain times, I've never kind of made a lot of these connections, partly because, you know, it's a big book and there are some very kind of unusual uh, recipes in there. There's stuff from Ethiopia, you know, there's stuff from kind of obscure islands in, in the South Pacific. You know, they, you're going to find quite a lot of stuff in here, even if you um, even if you know quite a lot about food, because, well, because I know quite a lot about food and I'm always looking for things that interest me. And I think if it interests me, then it will probably interest people who are kind of quite well read or, you know, we'll pick up quite a few books and have a good read through them at the weekend. Um, but then, For sure. Uh, you know, I think because of the, the continuums, the way that the recipes are plotted in relation to each other, I think also if you're quite an experienced cook, you might question, well, what happens in between those two things? What are, you know, possibly creating something that no one's ever done before, no one's ever named because you can actually see how 
maybe one thing shades into another, there are actually forms that haven't been experimented with, by which I kind of mean making things like halva or polenta with grains that are only just coming back into like fashion or back into kind of common, um, you know, availability. So making interesting things with buckwheat or with, um, you know, good stone ground corn, that kind of thing. There's just, there's so much scope. <laughs> there, there really isn't, what, about 600 pages. I mean, it is, it is an extremely comprehensive book, but yet it's very reader-friendly. And it's been, well, the, the Flavor Thesaurus was translated into 14 languages. So far, lateral cooking has been into, translated into eight. And there's such um, uh, remarkable feedback from really all over the world. But, but when you look up flavor thesaurus or you look up lateral cooking, you, you start to see these these cooks from all over the world in all kinds of languages talking very excitedly about your books. And so it has really struck a nerve, not only with people in the UK or um, now lateral cooking is here in America, but really globally. I know I mean, it, that it is kind of amazing. It does amaze me when I mean I suppose the things that are surprising is when Slave of the Saurus came out in Italy, which kind of I wasn't expecting, you know, because they don't buy a lot of food books in Italy. So the idea that it kind of came out and it was quite a hit there is, you know, they're quite conservative about where they cook in Italy. So I was just that was kind of delightful. But then the you know and then lateral cooking is. Uh, being translated into Chinese complex and Chinese simple. It's just come out in Spain. Uh, yeah, it's a delight because I often think that my, you know, my writing is quite quirky and quite, you know, like you say, it's not, it's not particular, it's not always serious, and you know, sometimes it has some, you know, some, some, yeah, some quirk to it, shall we say, Laurie? And uh, um, somehow that seems to be okay, and people, I just, uh, I'm lucky. People enjoy reading it. Because of course, there's well, that. I mean, it is it is a manual, but it's also a book that you can just sit and read if you feel like it. Well, and I I, I think that's the the connection. Just just like food is a human connection, your your personality, that little spark of humor, the quirkiness, um, but but also that that you're actually learning that that sparks that human connection that's really felt globally. That both of your books, um, you know, I mean, it's it's it's. It's uh, something when lightning strikes once and you have a very successful book that resonates with people, but then you turn around and you do the same thing again. So you know that, that what you're doing and your intuition and your personality that comes through your books translates uh, to, to your readers over and over again. So congratulations on that. Not everybody can, can find that secret sauce um, and, and you've really done it by by understanding, I think, who, who your readers are and, and, and what the cooks are thinking and then tapping into that and putting it in writing. So very well done and congratulations. You're very kind. Can I ring you every day? <laughs> <laughs> well, Lateral Cooking, it's, it's just been released here in the States. It, uh, we've had it. Uh, it was released uh, earlier in the U.K. and in other parts of the world, and we finally get it here in the United States. It's going to make a great gift for if you know somebody who is a professional chef and you never know what to get them, and sometimes those things can be quite expensive for things that they don't have, or you know someone who's a very good home cook or someone who's, who's learning. It's a fantastic gift, and I suggest buying 
flavored thesaurus and the lateral cooking as a pair of the companion and giving to somebody because it's one of those uh, gifts that they're going to have in their kitchen forever and ever. And Nikki, we really appreciate you taking the time to come on. I know that you're very busy and everybody wants to talk to you from the professional chefs down to uh, home cooks and you're going to be doing a lot of book signing. So welcome to the United States when you make your way over and congratulations on lateral cooking and uh, I just can't wait to follow some of these these uh, these threads of food from you know I from from the very start all the way to see where we can go with it. Great. Well, I hope you have fun with it. We will, and it's available now. So get out there and buy lateral cooking. Start your uh, holiday shopping early. And Nikki, thanks for coming on, and good luck. Thank with you very the, much for having well, me. I, I don't think you'll need good luck, but uh, I, I just want to wish you again the just congratulations on the on the success of both of these books. Thank you so much. All right, lateral cooking and flavor thesaurus are available now, and we'll be right back. <laughs> 